everybody to the Connection Podcast, where in just under an hour we are going to dive into the Bible and come full circle with God and His Word. Well, it's a little bit of a different episode this week. It is just me. It's just Noah today. So, um, but hey, we're going to dive in. Um, going to be focusing more on some Bible verses now and just really applying them to our lives. And so hey, if you guys are listening for the first time, uh, thank you for listening. You know, we just set out to just open up the Bible and discuss what his ver- what the verses mean, what God's trying to tell us and how they relate to our lives. And if you have been listening for a while, thank you. Continue to listen to us. We appreciate the support. And we just pray that you guys are um, just would continue to share uh, this and leave us comments. Uh, just help this podcast grow, help this become uh, bigger for the kingdom and not for our own sake. So uh, again, we just thank you guys for all the support that you guys have been giving us. And yeah, just keep commenting, liking, sharing, posting, all that kind of stuff. So well, let's dive in to today's topic. We are going to be in the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 7, verses 11 through 22, a little lengthy, but uh, just bear with me. It's not not too terribly much here. Um, before I dive into this, a lot of people may have been hearing preachers or people talking about this verse, specifically uh, verse 14, where as you'll hear it, you'll understand why I'm saying this. But um, a lot of people are talking about this, and so I thought it would be appropriate to talk about it as well and really talk about it in a way that maybe we're not expecting too, but uh, to really dive into this, these verses and to see what they actually mean. So starting at verse 11, Second Chronicles chapter 7, it says, When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have cho- chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My my eyes and my heart will always be there. As for you, if you walk before me faithfully as David your father did, he's talking to Solomon, and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne. As I covenanted with David your father when I said, you shall never fail to have a successor to rule over Israel. Verse 19, but if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I have given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from my land, which I have given them. And I will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. This temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer, Because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who brought them out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why he brought all this disaster on them. So, a backstory to... Chapter seven. In chapter six, uh, chapter six describes Solomon dedicating the temple and praying for the people. Uh, they spent like twenty years building this massive, massive temple, 
And so this is now when Solomon is dedicating it, giving it to God and praying for the people um, that he's in charge of. And so Solomon asks God to remember his promises to his father, David. This is all in chapter six. You guys can go and read it. Um, he, he's asking God to remember his promises to his father, David. And in Solomon mentions the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, of the Lord that God made with his people. So basically what's happening all before this is that Solomon is reminding God of his promises and his covenant with his people. So then Solomon prays, and it's here where we actually discover that Solomon is, he's, Solomon is the one praying about the things God is saying in verse 14, or sorry, verse 13, right? Where it says, if I shut up the heavens, there's no rain or command locusts or send a plague, right? Solomon is actually praying for this. He's kind of like hypothetically, almost hypothetically speaking, but God then says, when I do these things. So it's, it's very interesting because verse, if we go back to verse 13, it says, when I shut up the heavens, command the locusts or send a plague, right? God does not say if I shut up the heavens. So it's almost like God is saying, this is going to happen, right? These things will happen. And we know this from reading uh, the New Testament that, you, you know, when Jesus says, you will face trials of many kinds, like, but take heart for I have overcome the world. And so going back to the same thing in the Old Testament where God is saying, this, these things are going to happen, but there's a caveat. You don't have to necessarily go through them. You don't have to suffer in the way that maybe other people are suffering. You don't have to uh, go through these things. So God is saying he will do this, but what he wants, what God really wants is a proper response from us, right? God says, when I do these things, he says, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will do these things, I will hear them. Okay. And so again, after, after Solomon prays these things, um, it's at least 20 days after he prays these things and dedicates the temple that God finally answers. So God doesn't answer immediately. So when we read the Bible, right, it's not just a, an immediate response that God always gives. Sometimes these people, just like we go through, we have to wait for God to respond. So the answer, right, after Solomon prays all of these things, going back to the, the verse 11, right, when Solomon had finished and, and succeeded, the Lord appeared to him and said, I've heard your prayer, right? So God hears us. That's an important thing to remember. God hears all the prayers that we are praying, especially in this time as we're going through just a, um, a crazy time where, you know, a lot of people feel uncertain. Uh, the coronavirus kind of going through people's minds and, and making people sick and causing death. Yes. Um, like all these things happening, but God hears our prayers. That's it's that little phrase. I have heard your prayer reminds us that God does hear us. So again, God says first that we have a response. And those things are, we have to humble ourselves. We have to pray. We have to seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, or repent, or just turn back to God right? That word repent just means to turn. And it means to turn back towards God, not in just any sort of direction, but back towards him. So God's answer for Solomon's prayer, it says, yes, if my people, if they will humble themselves, right? If we lower ourselves, if we consider others above ourselves, if we uh, give away things, if we're generous, if we, if we are humble, humbling ourselves, if we're praying, if we're communicating with God, if we are staying in alignment with him, if we are seeking God's face, if we are staying in his word, if we, are, if we are putting our face to his face and uh, getting close to him, 
right? Seeking his will, seeking what God wants for us. And if we finally repent, then God says, then he takes action. God will hear from us in heaven. He will forgive our sin. He will heal our land. His eyes will be open and his ears will be attentive to the prayers offered by the people. But then God says, if we don't, there's consequences. You'll see this all throughout the Old Testament, that there are consequences if we don't do a thing. A lot of times if you see God saying like, hey, there's this blessing that will come if you obey me. It's like, you know, a quarter of of the whole thing. And then the last three quarters is all the consequences. This is not, it's it's just to to show how serious God is. It's not to say that God is is punishing God and he's unjust and those kinds of things. No, God is a loving God and he is a, a just God. But he's saying that, I want you to know I'm serious in these things. I'm, I'm serious and I want you to do the right thing. And all of this also says that we have a part and God has a part, right? Our part is the humility, the prayer, the seeking and the repenting. God's part is the forgiving, the healing, and then he, his eyes are open, his ears are open, he uh, hears us, all of these things. So what am I saying in this? What I'm saying is that God is speaking. He wants our attention, especially in this time. Nothing is new to God. There is nothing new under the sun, Ecclesiastes says. But God is speaking and he wants our attention. And maybe this is a way he's getting our attention through these things called social distancing and and stay-at-home orders and all these things. It could be very well that God is saying, I want your attention. And I'm saying that we have a response to these things. As we pray, God doesn't always answer immediately. But when he does, he expects us to have a response as well. And then God has a response to these things in addition. What I'm not saying, so maybe some people have heard uh, people talking about this. Second, uh, Second Chronicles verse, uh, going back to where it says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people. I, I've heard some people say that this is God's judgment on the earth. This is God judging his people and the end times are coming. Um, I'm not saying that this is God's judgment. Because God's judgment belongs to God. Uh, Straight and just period. God's judgment belongs to God. We are in no place to say this is God's judgment. God judges how God will judge. And this whole idea of, of saying that this is the end times, well, we've been in the end times since Jesus went to heaven. And no one knows. We very well could be, and if we are, then we are going to be ready and you know, we need to always be prepared. Jesus said that, you know, be on the watch, like be watchful. Don't obsess over it, but always be prepared. Matthew 24, 36 says this when Jesus is talking about the end. He says, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the son, not even Jesus knows, but only the father, only God knows. Okay. So again, I am saying that God is speaking to his people we have a response. We have, an, we have actions that we need to take. And in response to those actions that we take, God then takes action. God has a response as well. So as I was going through this, I, I, came, I just got stuck on verses 12 and 16. Right? After Solomon prays, it says, The Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. So God is, God is speaking about this temple. God is saying, I have chosen this place as my temple. I have chosen this place for myself. And verse 16 kind of 
uh, is the other bookend. If you want to look at these kind kind of like as bookends to these things, it says, I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. And as I looked at these, I, I just discovered that it's like these are two seemingly kind of, it's the same thing that God is saying. And in Hebrew scripture, as they're written, sometimes if there's two things from the beginning and the end, as like bookends, there's something in the middle that we are to discover. And what is in between these two verses is verse 14, which is, if my people who are called by my name, just what we were talking about, will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So what is it about this temple? What is, what is God trying to tell us here, right? If we fast forward, this is all pointing to, to Jesus. This is all pointing to Jesus saying that, that Jesus was the temple that God ultimately chose and consecrated. And if we go back to verse 12, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices, right? When Jesus was on the cross, that was the ultimate sacrifice so that we wouldn't have to keep going through that, so that all would be forgiven, so that none would perish but have eternal life. So John 2.19, Jesus is talking about this. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. So I really do believe that all of this is just a, a precursor to Jesus. But again, that middle verse being, if my people who are called by, by my name will humble themselves, like, we, like God is saying like, yes, I'm going to do things, but if my people who will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and repent. If, if we do these things, God hears us. He, for, he forgives the sin, which he has done already. All sin has been forgiven when we believe in Jesus and, and accept him. And he heals our land. So that is the, again, this is the central, the central verse between these two. But I want to just emphasize again that this is not... If it is God's judgment, let it be God's judgment. That's not our place. But I just really want to emphasize that it is, it's a time is if, if this is really what's going on or, or whatever you want to say. But we should be doing this already. We should be doing this no matter if we're going through these circumstances or not. We should be humbling ourselves. Right? Jesus said, value others above yourself. Right? He who wants to be first will be last and the last will be first. And we should be praying daily. We should be communicating with God. We should be seeking his will, seeking God's face, trying to get closer to him, trying to understand what he wants for us. And lastly, we should be repenting. Yes, our sin is forgiven when we believe in Jesus. That has been a one and for all, uh, once for all kind of thing that's done. But it's that progression towards Jesus that we should be working for every single day. That repenting, saying, I'm not going to be this way anymore. I'm going to turn from that. I'm going to turn back to God. Yes, I messed up, but that's not the end. That's not the end of my, my story. That was just a little comma in the sentence. Like, yep, messed up. I'm turning. Okay. Because then it says God hears from heaven and he forgives the sin and he heals the land. And so now in this era that we're living in, so now it's it shifted because Jesus said, I have to go so that I can send a helper. I have to send someone greater than me. And that's the Holy Spirit. And so now we have become that temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your 
midst. So we are, we are the temple. We are the new temple that, that God has chosen. God has now chosen us to be his dwelling place in our hearts. So when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So that this means that God's presence is now with us wherever we go. It was a sign that God came down and is now among us. And now the Holy Spirit lives within us. So this whole idea of, of God choosing Solomon's temple, saying, that's going to be my place. And then Jesus saying, well, I am now the temple. This is how it's going to be. And then after all of that, now we are the temple. So Paul is saying, like, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Like, we are, we are chosen for, by God to be his dwelling place so that wherever we go, his presence is with us. He is in our hearts. We are carrying the temple with us. So all of that to say, you know, this Second Chronicles, uh, the 714 that everyone's uh, kind of looking to and talking about, it's so much more than that. It's so much more because God is saying, like, I've heard your prayer. I may not answer it immediately, but I have heard it. I've chosen this place. I've chosen you. I've chosen my people to be my temple now. Right? Aside from the physical building, you could relate it to how the church is um, really becoming today. I think the reason people are, are drawn to this scripture is maybe not so much that it's not the, it's not the, the shut up the heavens and the rain and the locusts and the plague. It's more so that God is saying this like, my people are now the building. My people are now that temple. Yes, the churches are temporarily shut down. The churches are uh, not open physically. But God says it was never meant to be that way anyways. God says it's not about the building. It's about the people. So now there are multiple temples walking around every single day. And that when we gather, right, that temple is now made up of so many different people. So be the temple, be the church. God has chosen us and consecrated us to be the temple. And again, look what verse 16 says. My, heart, my eyes and my heart will always be there. So God is always watching us and God's heart is always with us. His will is always for us, right? It's, the Bible says that God is for us and not against us. And, who, and if he is, and who can be against us? So a short episode today, guys, but um, I just wanted to talk on that a little bit and I hope you guys got something out of that. Um, but before I end, we're going to say a prayer. I'm going to just say it. And then if you guys are listening, you can uh, say it along with me. If you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, again, Jesus who died on the cross to forgive our sins, to uh, make us one with God again. Um, but if you want to say that, you can repeat after me. So we're going to say, Jesus, thank you for my life. And thank you for loving me. Today, I'm choosing to follow you and turn my life around. I believe you are the son of God, that you died for me and were resurrected just for me. I am made new and this is my new beginning. In Jesus name, amen, 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 amen. Hey, if you guys made that decision for the first time or you made that rededication, uh, we all wanna hear from you. Uh, Oscar, Matt, myself, easy. We all want to hear from you uh, because it's the best decision that you have made and this is a new beginning for you and the beginning of, of a new life that is going to be uh, not necessarily always easier, um, but it's going to be so much more profound and God is going to do amazing things through you. So if you want to let us know, we would love to hear from you. 
Um, we would just love to hear your story and, and we will pray for you. We will send you a Bible, anything that we need to do. But you can send us an email, connection.podcast3 at gmail.com. Or you can send us a DM on Instagram at Connection Podcast. Uh, just any way you guys can get in touch with us. You can look us up um, just individually, any one of the four of us. So we will be more than happy to talk with you guys. And again, just continue to, to share us, to comment, to leave suggest- suggestions. If you guys have questions or anything that you want us to discuss or uh, just talk about, feel free to send them our way and we will do our best. All right, guys, we hope you all had a fantastic week and we love you all.